I'm going to call it a, um, a disclaimer. You know how you see the commercials on TV and they say, you know, if you take this medication, here are the side effects, and they go through, and you're going to die, and your mama going to die, and your sister going to die, you know, that. So I'm going, to give, I'm going to give a disclaimer. Here's the first disclaimer in the Word today. Number one, Word of Truth Family Church is not, everybody say is not. Word of Truth Family Church is not in any financial crisis. Because of God's goodness, because of your faithfulness to give and to honor to God, and proper stewardship on our part has put us in a position of overflow. Everybody say overflow. Overflow. So, yes. So I'm not teaching this because we're in some trouble. Number two, I'm not teaching this type of series to get something from you. But I'm teaching you this to elevate your thinking and your actions. Watch this. To position you for, for more than what you currently have and for you to experience more than what you're experiencing. Because I've learned from scripture and I've learned from experience, watch this now, that your life can go to new levels from your giving over, watch this, your hard work and what your hands can produce. Number three, everybody say number three. Number three, if negative thoughts about what I'm teaching causes you to start questioning my motives, then please know that, number one, the enemy is trying to get you in a position to judge my heart. And here's the problem with that. There's only really one judge, and that's who? God. So the enemy just wants you to get in a position to judge my heart. And let me just say this. One day I will stand before God, and he will ask me what my real motive was in teaching what I'm teaching. Somebody say amen to that. Number two, the enemy's trying to get you to focus on everything and anything but you. And so when he does that, you will not really be focused on what God is trying to do in your life. And then number three, everybody say number three. Number three, the enemy wants you to stay right where you are right now and not grow to the next level. So as I teach these foundational lessons in this series... I want you to ask yourself a question throughout the teaching and throughout the series. And here's the question. What can I do to go to the next level with what I'm hearing? Come on, everybody, let's say the question together. Say, what can I do to go to the next level with what I'm hearing? So I only have one point today. And if you all are a great church, I'll not only finish my point, but maybe I'll throw a bonus video that I have that's in my back pocket that if I, don't, if I run out of time, I won't use the video. But I, I may not run out of time if you all flow with me, okay? You know how some students, when teachers teach, the teacher gets stuck and they got to they gotta deal with Johnny because Johnny didn't do his homework last night because Johnny's mother was roller skating at the rink. So the whole class had to stop because of Johnny. So just look at your neighbor and say, are you Johnny? Are you Johnny? Okay. So here's, here's my point. And if you have your notes uh, in the house and you can look at the notes online, they look like this. All right. So here's point number one. My heart. Everybody say my heart. My heart is my giving monitor, 
not the amount of my paycheck or my bills. I'm going to say that again. My heart, your heart, our hearts is the monitor to our giving. See, and you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? See, it's not your paycheck, how much it is and lack of it. And it's not how much your bills are that really monitors your giving. What really monitors your giving is your heart. And the biggest issue, especially with Christians who are looking for reasons to not give because people do that. They look for reasons to not give. Listen, the problem with that is the Lord, he's looking at what he's asked us to do and not just what we're doing. And here's the thing. Most Christians, listen, they have a heart problem that's disguised as a financial problem. I'm going to say that again. Most Christians who are struggling with giving, when it comes to giving of the first and the giving of tithe, what they don't understand is they have a heart problem that's disguised as a financial problem. And because giving starts with the heart, everybody say giving starts with the heart. Because it starts with the heart and then released through our hands, it's not our hands that have a problem. It's not our paycheck that has a problem. It's not our bills that's causing us problems. It's our heart. Exodus 25 verses 1 and 2 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses. Who was speaking? The Lord spoke to Moses and he said, You know, speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering of every man that gives it, watch this church, willingly with his what? With his heart. You shall take up my offering. The NIV version of 2 Corinthians 9, which is a mirror of that verse in the New Testament, says this. Remember this. Everybody say, you need to remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Watch verse 7. Here's the focus. Each man should give what he has decided where, church? In his heart to what? Give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what kind of giver? And you say, well, Pastor Evan, I know that. I've heard that. And you know what? That's no problem. See, I believe one of the reasons God put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible, all four of those chapters or all four of those books say the same thing. Why would God want us to read something that says the same thing four times? Because faith comes by hearing and so even if you've heard this before listen let it motivate you and encourage you and i believe if your heart is open god will breathe something in this that you didn't even know say amen to that so giving is a heart thing first and a hand thing second and i can't tell you how many people i've had conversations with that says oh tithing or giving in the first fruit is an old testament thing it's not a new testament thing see those are people who are either uneducated about scripture or they need a reason to disobey god so uh what i'm going to do is i'm going to use some natural logic to help break down that misconception because when I hear people in fact last night I was just doing some research and I saw seven reasons why Christians don't have to tithe and I said to myself dummy you know I follow this guy and uh, online and they're going to get this video ready because y'all are doing good so far but I follow this guy online because as I've gotten older my my taste and jokes have changed so this guy you know he does puns 
And they're so interested in me. And I laugh at all of them. I know I'm getting old because I laugh at all of them. So anyway, about three weeks ago, uh, a blood vessel popped in my eye. And I literally, in one of my eyes, I just couldn't see. It was like white. And I was like, oh, my God. So anyway, while I was going through that challenge, which I can see today, praise the Lord, God still heals, don't he? Yes. While I was going with that, I decided I, I, I wrote a pun. And I wrote it for this guy. And I sent it to him. I said, hey, listen, I wrote this. And uh, you can use it if you want to. Well, I didn't know he used it. I'm talking about somebody with hundreds of thousands of bucks. He used my pun and he gave me credit. So you'll see why when I hear people say crazy stuff like seven reasons Christians don't have to tithe. I said to myself, dummy. Okay, so here is the pun that I wrote that this guy is saying. Come on, roll it. I said to my son, what do you call a person who watches an eye doctor perform surgery? He said, duh, a pupil. I said, no. Dummy, don't dumb me. Eyewitness. <laughs> Did y'all get it? Yeah, see, see, y'all not old enough right now. You're not old enough. But I can't tell you how many people, y'all will get it on the way. A pupil, a student, an eye is a pupil. Duh. Dummy. No, I'm just letting So I don't know how many people I've run across, they, they want to make tithing an Old Testament thing. So I'm going to use some logic, just basic logic to help us work this out, okay? So this will kill the misconception. Here's the first question, and those of you who are here in the house, I want you to answer the question or agree this by saying, you know, I agree by raising your hand. I'll, I'll tell you when to do that. And then those of you who are, who are watching via uh, the stream or via the lens, I want you to just type in the comment section, I agree. So here's the first question. Is thou shalt not kill still good in the New Testament, although it was mentioned in the Old Testament? Do you agree that it's still good in the New Testament? You still agree? Raise your hand if you still agree. All right. All right. Type it in. I agree. Here's the second question. Is honor your father and your mother is it still good in the New Testament, even though it was one of the commandments listed in the Old Testament? Is that still good today? Raise your hand. Is that still good? Raise your hand. Okay. Put it in the comment section if you agree. All right. So listen. So if God, listen, church, I'm just using logic. If God wanted us to stop tithing or giving him the first in the New Testament, don't you think that he would make that crystal clear? Okay, wait a minute, I'm going to keep going. So watch this now. I mean, when God doesn't want us to do something in the New Testament, he makes it very clear he doesn't want us to do it. So here's some examples. He said in the New Testament for us to stop judging. Have y'all read that? He says, judge not, so you won't be judged. So God wanted us to stop judging, so he told us to stop judging. All right. He told us to stop hating. He says, bless those that curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you. So he wants us to stop hating. He made that clear in the New Testament. Do you all agree with that? All right. Listen, he told us if you are single to stop fornicating. That means to not have sex outside of marriage. And if you're having sex outside of your relationship with your married spouse, that's called adultery. He made it clear to stop doing that. Do you agree? 
He said to stop lying, stop cheating. I mean, the list could go on and on of what he wanted us to stop doing. So here's my thing. Don't you think that God would make it plain and clear in the New Testament that he does not want us to tithe if he didn't want us to tithe? So here's the reality of the issue. You will not find one verse in the New Testament or the Old Testament that tells us to stop tithing. So if it's not in there to stop, why should we stop? Someone say amen to that. See, what you will find are verses instructing us to not keep the tithe. And if God did not want us to tithe or give that first part of what we earn, then it would be plain. So here's the issue with most people. Now just look at your neighbor and say, I think you are most people this morning. Here's the problem with most people. Outside of fearing when it comes to giving, outside of fearing that they're not going to have enough, the biggest issue with most people, watch this now, is that they have an ownership mentality. Now, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, they're going to put it on the screen. It says, and all, everybody say all. Now, how much is all? All is all. When somebody owes you some money, don't you want all of it back? It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit from the tree, whose is it? It's the Lord's. And then he says, not only is it the Lord's, it's holy to him. Now, the New Living Translation of Leviticus 27 says this. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether it's grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, whose it belongs to, it belongs to the Lord. And watch this. And must be set apart to him as what? Holy. Watch this now, church. The tithe, when we return it, it's holy when we return the tenth. It becomes cursed if we keep it. Now, let me set this story up. Jericho was the first city that God told the children of Israel, I want you to go and take over that city. Where everything that's first belongs to the Lord. So he had given them instructions. When you get to this city, I don't want you to take nothing. It all belongs to me. And so Joshua was now giving them instructions. So now they're getting ready to march around this city for the seventh time. So now we're going to start now in Joshua chapter 6, verse 16. It says, And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord had given you the city. Watch verse 17 now. He says, And the city shall be what, church? Accursed. Wow. The city. This first one. Because anything that's first belongs to God. He says the first city, this city, shall be accursed. Even it and all that's in the city is to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all of her house. Because she hid the messengers that were sent. And watch this, verse 18 says, And you, in any wise, watch what he tells them, keep yourselves from the what kind of thing? The accursed thing, watch this, unless it makes you accursed. When you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel curse, and watch this, and even trouble it. But here's the mystery behind this word accursed and how the tithe and the first works. Because here's how it works. When you and I return it, 
it's blessed. When we keep it, not only does it become a curse, but it includes us too. Here's the mystery. That word accursed in the Hebrew, it has two meanings. The first meaning is, and you can look this up if you're a Bible study student, go look this up. The first meaning of this word accursed means dedicated and devoted. So what he was saying is, when you go into the city, this first city, it is dedicated and it is devoted to the Lord. He says, but if you take something from it, you will be accursed. And so the second meaning of this word accursed means cursed or accursed. So listen, on one hand, when the first is given, it's dedicated to the Lord. It's devoted to God. But on the other hand, if you and I decide to keep it, it becomes a curse. So watch this. Whatever and whomever gets the tenth first determines whether it will be blessed or cursed. The person, listen, whoever gets the first determines whether it's blessed or cursed. So you and I are in a unique position because we have an opportunity to decide if we want to be blessed or come on church. So watch this now. Here's the thing, only the Lord, say the Lord, only the Lord has the power to determine if something is blessed. And here's the thing, when we bring or return the tent to the Lord, it allows the Lord to, to not only give us power, but it positions us and him to do three things. Number one, when we return it, it blesses us or he blesses us. Everybody say he blesses us. The second thing is he blesses, watch this now, the rest of what we keep. So he don't just bless us because we returned it. He says, I'm going to bless them. But on top of that, I'm going to bless whatever they have left. And then here's the third thing, which I'm going to point out next week, which is going to bless your socks off. He then positions us for miracles if we have to come up short. Listen to that. When you and I become returners, that's what I'm going to call us, or, you know, to bring the tent first, when we, be, when we do that, it first of all causes God to bless us. Secondly, not only does he bless us, he, watch this, will bless the rest of what we keep. That means now that once I return the tithe to the Lord, guess what God does? He takes it and says, okay, I'm going to bless the rest of what Evan has. So now when I buy my refrigerator with that money, my refrigerator is blessed. I buy my kids clothes with that money, my kids clothes are blessed. And then I'm going to show you next week that he positions us for miracles when we return. So watch this. The New Testament verse that mirrors that is Romans eleven sixteen. It says, for if the first fruit, if the first one, if the first part is what? Holy. Then the whole lump is holy. Watch the amplified of that verse. It says, now if the first handful of the dough offered as the first fruits, and then it compares Abraham and the patriarchs, it says it's holy. Watch what he says. So is the whole mass holy. So man, now we're talking about not just being blessed, but what I have being blessed. So when you think that all of what we have, when you think that is yours, because remember I told you one of the main problems with people is they have an ownership mentality. 
We think it's ours. And that's why it's an option on whether we do it or not. Because when you view it as you, when you view it as yours, then you know you're the, you're the owner. But I want you to now, because I'm about to use a modern day parable to help you really think this thing through. I want you to think about it this way. If you were to rent a car, how many have rented a car before? Anybody rent a car? Okay. All right. If you've rented a car online, just give me a thumbs up or something. But if you've ever rented a car, and let's say you rented one this weekend, you probably would never allow this thought to come into your mind. You know what? I don't think I'm going to return this car. Because I like this car. I need this car. I'm enjoying this car. So I'm going to keep this car. No, you would never, dummy. You would never. No, I'm not saying that. You would never think like that. Why? Because the car was never yours from the beginning. Therefore, you knew from the jump when you received the car that you would have to return it. Why? Because you're seeing it. Watch this now. You are borrowing that car. That car is not yours. Well, when you get paid, all this and all of what you get is not yours. Some of it is God's. The only reason we struggle to return or to bring the tithe to the Lord is because we view it as ours and not his. Psalm 24, 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell in it. Watch this now. The New English translation says it like this. The Lord owns the earth. Who owns it? The Lord owns the earth. And then he goes on to say, if you're not clear on that, and all it contains. And then he says, if you have a problem with that, he says, if you have a problem really wondering that God owns the earth and everybody in it, he goes further and says, the world and all who live in it. So, let's look at now when the giving of the first first took place in the Bible. Because this is where some people get off. They think, oh, tithing is from the Old Testament. It's part of the law. It's part, like this guy, you know, that said seven reasons why, you know, Christians shouldn't tithe. One of his reasons is because it's part of the Mosaic Covenant. What he doesn't understand, dummy. I don't know him, so I'm, I'm, I'm calling him that. He don't know me either, but... What he doesn't understand is giving of the first was way before Moses, way before Abraham. It started with the first family in the Bible with, watch this, Adam and Eve and their children. So let's now go to Genesis chapter 4. I need to speed up. Genesis chapter 4, look at verse 1. It says, and Adam knew his wife, he, Eve. You know, I almost said it like the Jamaicans. You know, in Jamaica, they don't say Eve, they say Eve. You know, I was, I, I, I was, uh, I was, you know, uh, what do you call a roommate with one of these Jamaicans, you know, and he never said my name properly. My name is Eben. But the whole school year, he called me Heaven. Okay. Heaven and Heave. So Adam knew Heave, his wife. And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Verse 2. And she bare again his brother Abel. And watch this now. Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. I'm so glad that God made a difference between the two because all of us do stuff different. Some of you all may be an accountant. Some of you all may be a teacher. Some of you all may be a, a systems analyst. So we all do something different. 
But listen, just because we all do something different, God still has the same expectation on us all. So watch this now. Look at verse 3. It says, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain, how many know Cain is a killer? Well, let's just put a first, but cocaine is a killer. But Cain is a killer too because Cain killed Abel. So if you're watching me and you are on Cain, Cain is a killer. So Cain was still a great. So watch this. It came to pass that Cain, watch what happened with Cain. He brought of the fruit of the ground. What did Cain bring? He brought an offering. And who did he bring it to? At least Cain had enough sense to know that when he gave, he was giving it to the Lord. So those of you who say, I'm you giving it to a pastor, you giving it to a church. Well, dummy, you're giving it to the Lord, right? So listen, he gave it to the Lord. So then watch verse 4. Abel shows up. He brought of the firstlings. Now the word firstlings means the first one of his flock and some fat. Interesting. What Cain gave is different from what Abel gave. And then it says, And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he did not have respect. How dare you, God? But see, here's the thing. God had to have given some instructions to both of them on how to give to him or they would not have known to do it. In other words, God could not hold them accountable to do something had he not given them instructions. And so that's why God was able to accept one person's gift and the other person he was able to reject it because he told both of them what he wanted them to do. Say amen to that. So we see what Abel brought to God. God had respect. But the offering that Cain brought was not acceptable. So here's the thing. The next verse says, Cain got angry. His countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? He says, why, have you, why has your countenance fallen? And he says, listen what he said to Cain. If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. So obviously, whatever God told them to do, Abel did it. Cain didn't do it. Can you agree with me on that? Okay, all right. So God really, here's the thing. This is how even in a church like this, you can have a family over here or a single person and their family over here, God's blessing their socks off. And then over here you have a family that's struggling consistently because struggle should not be consistently. It's okay to run into a snag and a hard time, but if your life is a hard time, maybe you need to re-examine your life. I'm trying to help you this morning. So God said to Cain, if you'd have done right, let me say it like this. God said to Cain, if you would have given right, Cain, what you have given would have been accepted. This says two things to me. Number one, God had a standard that he wanted both of them to give by. And any beyond that standard was not acceptable and it also showed me that God didn't accept any old thing they decided to give him so do you think God's changed just because Jesus died on the cross 
He gave his best. He gave his only begotten son. God took the same thing he expects us to do and he did it when he gave us Jesus Christ. He didn't give us a leftover son. He gave us his only begotten son. See, some of us, we wouldn't have got, not the only begotten. No, I got two sons and he's disobedient. Give him. Throw him on the cross. We don't need him anyway. He's causing me too many problems. And see, some people are saying, you know, I know some Christians who don't tithe and they're still blessed. Well, the question is, are they living the more than abundant life that Jesus said we could have, or are they just living life? See, it looks like to us that they might be living the abundant life, but in reality, the question should be asked, how better off a life could they have if they were obeying God in this area of their life? See, listen, 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 church. See, management can get you to a certain level of blessing without God. He said, well, what do you mean, pastor? Well, here's what I mean. If I'm not saved, don't know Jesus, on my way to hell, busting it wide open, I'm bringing all my friends with me, right? And I get paid and I have learned to manage my money. In other words, I pay my bills consistently on time. You know what's going to happen? My credit score is going to go up. I don't need God to buy a house. My credit has done it because I manage my bills well. Can you agree with me on that? So Cain, when he brought this offering, because see, most people don't know. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. You don't know that you rob, they robbing Peter to pay Paul so they can rob Wells Fargo. And you trying to keep up with them. So Cain, when he brought his offering to God, God said to Cain, I can't accept it. Cain didn't know, listen church, Cain didn't know he had a heart problem. And all Cain, or all God wanted Cain to do was acknowledge that what he did was wrong and repent. And Cain didn't do it. And that's why his wrong heart led him to kill his brother Abel. So what was the major difference between what Cain gave and what Abel gave? Here's the difference. Go to verse 4, verse 3 of Genesis 4. It says, in the process of time came by, it says, Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and some fat. That's called tithe and offering. It's all throughout the Bible. Pastor Chase said it this morning for the offering. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all your increase. Malachi 3, that's why he says you have robbed me in tithe and offering. So tithe and offering has always been God's way. But see, we as men, because we cheat, and we're trying to figure out a way around the system. See, I remember when I first became a Christian, and I had decided to stop drinking. And it took me a minute. Now, I ain't saying you can't drink. I'm talking about me now. So, Because I'll never forget. And, you know, I was going to a Frankie Beverly and Mays concert on, 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 on campus, right? You can't go to a concert without a buzz. That's, 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 that's sin in the world's eyes. You don't go without a buzz. 
So I had bought me some old English 800. So I'm on my way to the concert. I got my old English 800 in my hand. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. But we're going to see Frankie Beverly and Mays and we're going to have a bus. So I'm walking out of the dorm room with my can in my hand, dripping with sweat because it was a hot Texas day. I walk out of the dorm and this voice says to me, what are you going to do with that? It was audible. I'm a new Christian. I ain't never heard God talk to me. I turned around. I'm thinking somebody won one. I'm like, I was like, wow, that was strange. So I kept walking. This voice says, what are you doing with that in your hand? I look around, I ain't see nobody. So I figured, okay, either I'm going crazy, something's going on, but I need to answer the person. I said, I'm going to drink it. And the Lord said to me, you don't need that. Put it down. So we had these light posts that came out of the ground like cylinders, you know, along the way to light the path. So I just sat that can right there for somebody else to enjoy it because I hadn't opened it yet, right? Well, I had to figure out a way around the system, which is most Christians do. We try to figure out getting around the system. That's why people ask questions like, well, is the tide, do I do it from the net or the gross? You know the answer to that. <laughs> Says, honor the Lord with your substance with all the increase. All ain't net. You know that, but we want to get around the system. Just like I was trying to get around the system with drinking. So you know what I did? I started drinking bottles of NyQuil. Because it had alcohol in it. NyQuil is legal. Y'all think I'm lying. I'm not joking. I'm telling you the truth. And I was an RA too. You know what an RA is? A resident advisor. So they would give us these like uh, boxes these to help. You know, it got a little shaving kit and this and that. Got, and they all had NyQuil in them. I would take all the NyQuil out of everybody's. They didn't know it was in there. <laughs> yeah. NyQuil days. See, here's the question. I'm almost finished. Could your life look like, let me say it like this. What could your life look like if you were consistently obeying God's word in the financial area of your life? What would your life look like? I just got this uh, testimony from one of our members this past week. I'm going to read it to you. It says, this person says, I can't stop crying. Do you remember the prophetic word you declared a month about ease coming and unusual opportunities? I just found out a few moments ago that I got a $12,000 surprise raise effective August the 1st. It's a long, that's a, that's a thousand dollars a month. If you don't include Uncle Sam, he ain't my uncle. But anyway, I don't know why he do all that. Dog. He my uncle. Why he doing that to me? Okay. They say it's a long story, but the most challenging boss relationship I've ever had in my career started in September 2020. 
This new boss from Atlanta flew down last week to meet me and others, so I hosted her and we met in person for the first time for lunch. Well, she lets me know today that my hard work is really appreciated and then announces this raise. God is so good to me. And then they go on to say, raises are are usually only in March for me. I'm amazed. And then they say, tithe and offering increases like this and are always a blessing. That's the only reason I believe it was added to me. And see, you may be listening to me today and you may be saying, whoo, thank God I'm already giving tithe and offering because I got some of y'all out here. We got some of those in, you know, in the house. We got some watching them and our church does a very good job. But you would be surprised how many people, because I got another message yesterday that was amazing. It says, Pastor, I just want you to know I'm going to start back tithing. So I knew I was supposed to talk about this today, right? So you might be saying, phew, I'm already doing it. Well, here's the thing. You know, this is good, but remember, we're talking about going to the next level. Say next level. Because, see, there are levels of blessings and there are levels of return. And I think the average person who do tithe and who is doing this, I don't think they're maximizing their blessing levels. Because, remember, the Bible says there's 30, 60, and a what? I believe there are different levels. And the average person who is giving tithe and offering, they're not maximizing their blessing potential. And you say, well, why am I saying that? Because you might be faithfully tithing and giving, but you may not be increasing your faith while you do it. See, they work hand in hand. So let's now talk about application real quick. So we got three ways we're going to apply this message today. Here's the first one. You need to decide right now. Say right now. Come on, watching me online, you need to decide right now that you will return the tithe to the Lord on all the increase you receive. Here's the second decision. You need to decide right now. Everybody say right now. Come on, say it right there online. Right now, you need to decide right now to go to another level in your giving by increasing offering. And I'm listen, next week I'm going to give you a testimony. It's going to blow your brains out. You might want to bring your brain surgeon with you to church next week. Because you're going to have to put it back together after I blow it. And then here's the third one. Watch this now. This applies to people who are faithful in their giving but may not be increasing their faith while they're doing it. Watch this now. If you are consistent in tithing and giving offering, decide right now. Everybody say right now. Decide right now to consistently confess God's word. Watch this. Over your life regarding your giving consistently so that your faith stays active with your actions. How does faith come? See, some of us, we're faithfully doing it, but we're doing it outside of increasing our faith. And that's why we gave you the confession. Listen, at least once a day, pull the confession up online and see it. Because it generates faith in your heart. And let me tell you something about faith. Faith, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Did you learn or get encouraged by this today? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. So with every head bowed, I believe, I feel led to lead some people into a confession and repentance. Because, see, God was waiting on Cain to repent. Cain didn't do it. And so yesterday I had a conversation with the person who had sent me the message and said, Pastor, I'm going to start. I just wanted to interview this person. 
to find out what motivated them to get to that point where, okay, God, I'm ready to do this. But in our conversation, the question that they had was, what do I do now since I wasn't doing it? And then when I talked about Cain and God was waiting for him to repent, they said, you told me exactly what I need. And I believe there's some people that just need to say, God, I have not been handling the money because next week I'm going to show you how to get a raise without getting a raise. But there are some in the room who, and some watching me, that you have not been giving and honoring God with the tent first. See, it's only 10% when you give it any other time before first. But when you give that tenth first, that's the first fruit. That's you saying, God, I trust you to bring in the rest. And so there's some people that need to just repent and start today. So I want everybody to say this prayer with me. If you're watching online, I want you to say this prayer with me right now. Let's say it out loud, everybody. Say, Lord, I heard your word today. It's brought conviction to my heart. I don't want to be like Cain. I want to be like Abel, who brought the first of all his increase and some fat as an offering. Lord, I haven't been handling what you've given me like that. But today, I repent. Forgive me, God, for managing the money my way. And today, I surrender to your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with every head still bowed, here's my question. Maybe you're in the house.